ordered a bunch of tiny little van. Uh, I ordered a bunch of. <laughs> you ordered a bunch of tiny little vans. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Foss and Crafts, a podcast about free software, free culture, and making things together, with my co-host Morgan, and my co-host Christine. So this episode, I'm reading it off the index card, is hashtag van life dot 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 kinda question mark. So this episode is probably even a little more self-indulgent than some of our past self-indulgent episodes. But we figured it still fits within the framework of Foss and Crafts because pretty much everything involved in this involved crafts of some sort or another. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter and Pinterest and other th- other social media thingies, mm-hmm. there's hashtag van life. What the heck does that mean? So that is people who uh, live in vans and... Some of those are vans that they converted. Some of them are vans that, you know, they purchased already as campers. We do not live in a van. Mm-hmm. But I did convert a cargo van into a camper. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I We were talking about whether or not to do this episode. As you said, there's a lot of crafty things in it. There's even a Fosse angle that we can kind of get in here. But the weird thing about, I guess hashtag van life, which we do not describe ourselves with, but I'm not quite sure what else to call it, is that maybe we'll call this episode like converting a camper van for personal travel or something. I don't know. But the thing about it is there's kind of two very wide ranging, I guess, directions of privilege for it. And Mm -hmm. we're on the we're kind of in the middle on this particular thing. Do you want to explain what that range is and why that's kind of like, we've kind of taken kind of the middle direction-ish? Yeah. So if you look up videos or tutorials or other media for van life, you're going to find two fairly distinct groups that maybe blend in a spectrum in the middle. But there are the very... Pinteresty, Instagrammy ones that are people who buy new cargo vans, often Mercedes Sprinters, that are high top and they're already very expensive. And then they spend a lot of money to convert them into tiny homes. And the other side of things are people who are planning on living in vans or do live in vans for more practical reasons. So, you know. A lot of people who can't afford to uh, both travel and pay rent, so they do this as a in-between. Or people who got an eviction notice and they don't have enough money for first and last month's rent, but they can afford a van. Or want to try to disconnect themselves from a bunch of that type of stuff. The challenging thing is that we are not in a position where economically we are being forced into this type of position. We are not. And but, we are also not in a position where we are planning on having a van as our full-time living situation. Right. So we are currently sitting in our van. We'd originally record. This is the second time we're recording this episode, actually. Yeah. we. So we just got back from a trip in the van, and we carted our Zoom mic all the way from... 
here to Wisconsin and back, planning on recording this episode while on the trip. Mm-hmm. But the thing we didn't cart from here to Wisconsin and back was a SD card. Right. So we ended up in a beautiful national park where a state park, I guess. Yep. We set up everything to do a recording. And then what we ended up with is, well, we tried recording it on our phones and it was not a good situation. Yeah, that that can be a whole nother episode is audio recording on cell phones and the... Well, well it's let's keep it really simple. Android does not let you control the microphone level on most Android devices. And so there was no way for me to avoid all of the massive amount of clipping that was happening, and it sounded terrible. It really did. Not to mention that it's just not an ideal microphone for the situation. So I'm going to clarify the words we may show up in this. This was almost entirely Morgan's doing. In fact, I am not allowed to touch power tools. Christine helped when I needed an extra set of hands to move heavy things. Mm -hmm. And one very crucial role where my hands were not strong enough to use the caulk gun we bought. So Christine had to do the caulk. Note that my hands were not really strong enough either. Um, The lady with RSI being in a lot of pain there, but we didn't. That was actually... Also, us not knowing what we were doing and that caulk got, uh, that it turns out it's a lot easier to apply caulk when you actually set things up right. But that's a whole other story. So the, the important thing here is, is that Morgan did pretty much everything that we're talking about here with the help of our friend Tulja. Yeah, our um, friend Tulja really helped a lot with many projects in this van. Right. But definitely not me. If... Um, If you should know one thing about me, well, actually, you don't need to know this about me. But there is one thing you can know about me, which is that I am not allowed to touch power tools. And that is not a that is a safety thing. I am not responsible enough to touch them. So this is a cargo van that Mm. was like previously like a work cargo van, right? Yeah, we purchased it used and it was previously owned by a landscaping company based off of the shadow of of, uh, letters on the windshield that we can still see. Mm-hmm. And in fact, this is from like 2003, 2004. 2004. Something. So this is like the other Foss angle is the, the classic Foss angle of we're just not going to run proprietary software and therefore disconnect ourselves from all the proprietary software options. So how does that play in here? In fact, we are going to buy outdated hardware so that we can avoid current software restrictions. That's right. So aside from like the basic, the very minimal computer things for like anti-lock brakes and stuff like that, that in general, we kind of like, kind of like... We kind of don't want to die yeah, in an accident, so... Those things are just kind of like, it's kind of like when people like, I guess, create the very questionable chip that sits in between the other or circuitry that sits between the other circuitry and stuff like that and then you don't technically need to write a proprietary driver and is it more free than the other option well i don't know but we hand wave past the problem right so for for the general case though there's very little uh, computing stuff inside of this van yeah there are no power windows no power locks there's no built-in navigation or anything of that sort and it's a bare bones van it's a bare bones van, and we wanted that partially for you know the same reasons we don't have like an iPass or something like that because of uh, the ability for people to track us. And then the other reason is if you buy an RV that is marketed as and sold as an RV, 
a lot of times if that breaks, you need to take it to a very specific mechanic that will work on RVs. Right. If this van breaks, like the actual car part of it, the anything happens in the engine or something like that, it is a very basic work van, so I can take it to any mechanic and they can work on it. Mm-hmm. And if anything in the back breaks, I built it myself, so theoretically I can either build it or replace it. So what inspired this van? So for us, the reason that we got this van was largely because of the pandemic. In October of 2020, there was a family wedding that we were invited to, and we did not feel comfortable in October of 2020 traveling anywhere. So very briefly, I had thought, well, maybe we could just like rent a U-Haul van and toss an air mattress in the back because I don't feel comfortable going on an airplane and I don't feel comfortable uh, staying in a hotel. But then I realized that like it would not be comfortable sleeping in a van with no insulation, no furniture and just an air mattress in the back. Right. So let's let's clarify. It's not that we think that. Everyone needs to get a van now that there's a pandemic. It's just that, like, I think, like, some people, it, 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 that ended up installing the, uh, I guess, the mimetic, the mimetic structure that, that led to us kind of looking at other things about getting a van. Yeah, so the initial thought was, well, this is probably the safest way we could travel mm-hmm. in a pandemic. But at that point, I kind of dismissed it because I didn't have time to do anything more fancy than just renting a U-Haul and tossing an air mattress in the back. The So the short version of things is that basically we ended up finding some resources, which we'll link in the so- show notes, mm-hmm. that made all this seem much more seem much more practical. And that it mostly, it's been a very practical thing, but I think it's always more work. So here's another FOSS tie-in. How hard could it be to do this very custom development project I'm going to do? It seems so easy and so simple. Why doesn't everybody do it this way, right? There were a lot of things that were harder to do than maybe anticipated, but there were some things that were easier, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get to the tour in a moment, or the audio tour, but I think there is... So So you just mentioned what kind of the inspiration was. We, we came to the point where we thought it was possible, but then when did we actually get the van? We got the van... In November of 2020, so we did not make it to that family wedding in October of 2020. Mm-hmm. And when we bought the van, we had both agreed that this was an investment we were willing to make, but you told me... Well, I told you you wouldn't be able to... You shouldn't work on the van until you finish your dissertation. And anyone who's listened to the episodes of this podcast on my dissertation knows that that process was long. And drawn out. Also, it still seemed like a lot of money to get a beatable um, cargo van in the end of 2020. It is a lot harder to find them right now. That's another thing that's happened during the pandemic. So I mm-hmm. guess we lucked out as in terms of when we ended up getting such a thing. So right now there's been kind of a boom in these things. But I'm guessing there's going to be a bust where... Yeah. where again... I think that the chip shortage wasn't quite as big of a deal when we bought this van as it has become. There are a bunch of factors that le- I think led to kind of like an explosion of interest in buying these types of things. And I think we hit the 
very early version, like the, the somewhat on the the early version of that kind of boom side of things. Mm-hmm. But the point the point of it is that um, we bought that November twenty twenty, and then we agreed that you wouldn't start work on it immediately because you would have to finish your dissertation, which you did finish. I did finish. But here's another Foss analogy for you. Have you ever bought very optimistically a piece of hardware, perhaps even? A piece of very free software compatible seeming open hardware or something that you felt like you're going to build a really cool craft project with. And you're like, this is awesome. I can just imagine. Maybe like a Raspberry Pi or something. Big a black or anything like that. You know, that RISC-V board that seemed really interesting. All of those things. Do I have a corner of my office filled with open hardware things? Look, I'm not going to answer that question. but I will. She does. Okay. The point is... You know, you have all these hopes and dreams, and then it it can take a while to get to it. But then the right moment comes, and sometimes you actually get to it. Yeah. Right? And in this case, also, your spouse was telling you, don't work on it yet, right? So, which was a good idea, because once I get started on a project, then I have a tendency to hyper-focus, and I needed to focus on my dissertation at that point. Which you finished, and then... You really worked on the van. Like, well, actually, no. In between then, it turns out we waited so long. This is another very open hardware thing. You wait so long on your hardware, or it turns out there's something funny. I think maybe one of our members of Hash Fossing Crafts IRC channel had some interesting open hardware battery issues recently. So we had a similar thing end up happening, partly because we took so long, but also for, we, well, we had two battery things, right? Well, they, it turned out to be the same battery thing, but we didn't realize it. So initially, when I finally did decide, okay, now I can start working on the van, I went out to start it up, and it wouldn't start because the battery was dead. Mm-hmm. And we called AAA, and they came, and they jump-started it, and the van turned on long enough for the AAA driver to back out of our driveway and leave, and then the battery died again immediately. Mm-hmm. And... When trying to replace and fix it, something funny happened. Okay, so it turned out that that battery was drained to the point where it could not start again. Which, considering we hadn't been running the van, implied some maybe shady things. Right. So, effectively, there were wiring problems that were really severe that were only discovered because the van started making loud humming noises when it was not on, right? Yeah, which was discovered after we had already taken our first trip. Right. And then we had to bring it in to get that fixed. And thankfully, it turned out, well, it, it canceled us being able to use the van for the second trip we planned it for. Yeah. we You can envision this van having, like, three versions of release at this point. Mm-hmm. So there was the first trip, which was in November of 2021, which was version 1.0. And then there was a second trip that was planned for December of 2021 that ended up being canceled. And that's version 2.0. The point is, four trips were planned. Yeah. One had to be canceled because it, the van might have started on fire, which was discovered without us burning to death in the van. Yes. That's the real point, right? So it turns out someone else had done fa- fancy custom electrical wiring things to the van. But which... they did it in a weekend warrior way. And it turned out that it was not safe. Was uh, not we, using the right kind of wires. Yeah, there's all sorts of things that were bad about it, and now we have a safer setup. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we've avoided doing anything special electronically, and we'll get to that in just a second. But 
as you said, there have been like three versions of things. And each one you did like incremental bug fixes and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And each time we stayed in the van, we discovered things that could be, well, either needed to be addressed or could be addressed or could be improved. Mm-hmm. So here's the other thing that I think we kind of missed at the beginning when we were talking about those ranges of things. In many ways, the range that we ended up at was a very practical van. Morgan's put her own touches on, but still really ranges on practical with the Morgan aesthetics, right? That's accurate. And borrowing more from the crowd of people who are doing this on a budget or or because they have to or other types of things like that. Rather than on the, like, you know, let me show off my, like, really extremely going to impress the heck out of you YouTube channel, basically. Yep. We hired no carpenters to do this. That's right. So, now let's actually talk about how you built this. Now, before we actually start on the tour, people cannot see this. Mm-hmm. So, give faster and more kind of, like, snappy descriptions of each thing as we end up going through it. As in terms of people getting the idea If we want to do a thing where people see all the things in detail, we should record a video for that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now let's take the tour. Are we going from the bottom up? Yep. Let's do the floor up. Okay. What's the floor? I'm going to tap my foot on it. Sounds kind of solid. Sounds solid, but it does not sound like metal, like you might expect from a cargo van. Mm -hmm. There is the bare metal floor that I had to remove all the rust from. Not Which a fun process. Was not a fun process. Probably took the most time out of anything in the van build. But I did that. And then normally you would want some sort of insulation on the floor. Our van is not a high top van. So like sitting on the couch right now, Christine's head is grazing the ceiling. Look, I am a tall lady in the best of times that ends up coming up. And sitting in a converted car- uh, cargo van that was not intended to be somebody's home definitely comes up. So I did not want to lose any space to floor insulation, so I took the medium route, which was I used the reflective bubble wrap insulation and just cut strips of that to go in between the ribs of the floor so I didn't lose any height. Mm -hmm. And then I put a half-inch plywood subfloor in. Mm -hmm. And between the floor and before those things, there's also these strips of this stuff called kill mat. What does that do? So there is kill mat insulation, which is a sound insulation, and there's strips of that all over the van. Basically... It's surprising how little there is for how much it does. Yeah. Basically, you don't need to coat your entire van in sound insulation for it to work. It minimizes the vibrations in the metal. So basically, you spread out little strips in fairly evenly spaced sections, and it makes things much quieter. So between the kill map and when you eventually figured out how to get everything much more locked down, this whole van is like 4x quieter mm-hmm. what it was on our first trip. It is, yes. Just because there was a lot of rattling noises the entire way the first time we took a trip. And because there was both a lot of rattling and also just because like that happens with vans like this without sound insulation. Yep. So, okay, let's move. Wait, let's we go... didn't finish the floor. Okay, what else is about the floor? So after the plywood subfloor, there is a layer of vinyl flooring. Oh, right. It looks aesthetically like wooden floor. It is not. But that gives us a barrier so that, like, if Christine happens to, oh, I don't know, spill half a water bottle's worth of water 
on the floor. It doesn't just soak into the plywood. Happened, I was going to say once, but that's not correct. Close enough to once. But anyway, in order to be able to get the right shape for all this stuff, you did what a lot of people recommend, which is you created a template, quote unquote, out of the mat that was already on the floor of the van, right? And yep. that there was basically a disgusting ass mat on that floor. Utility mat, yeah. Yeah, and it was like somehow always perpetually moist. It was very gross. But Morgan tore all that off and uh, used it to construct a template, which is basically just a giant paper trace of that thing, right? Yeah, so I traced it onto two sheets of butcher paper. And then since the mat that came in the van is flexible, it was a little bit bigger than, like, you know, the walls, so that it kind of scooched up a little bit against the walls. So after I cut out the template on the butcher paper, I put the butcher paper in the van and made adjustments to make sure that it was, like, the actual size that a rigid piece of plywood would need to be. Which meant that you could then use that to trace out the right shape on the both the vinyl and also the plywood, right? Yes. And so that that's how we ended up getting um, all that set up right. And by we, I mean Morgan, because I didn't do anything. Well, except for shuff things. I did a lot of shuffing. Mm-hmm. So, so now I'm, let's let's do this burrito style. We're going to go around the perimeter of this. So I'm going to tap the wall. What's what's this wall behind us? I mean, it's obviously got the metal of the van, but there, what else is in here if you go from the metal outward? In between the ribs of the wall. So because it's still a van that we hopefully don't want to crash. But if we do... There's ribs so that it... um... The usual reason vans have ribs. Yes. So, again, we didn't want to lose any space on the walls by having insulation that went over the ribs. So instead I just got panels of one-inch thick foam insulation. So the same kind of Pink Panther stuff you would get if you were insulating your attic or something like that. Right. And I cut them to fit between the ribs of the van. I had to score them so that, like, they could kind of bend a little bit because the walls of the van are curved, which Mm -hmm. is a thing you need to be aware of. And then the thing that's over that is? A piece of eighth-inch Luan paneling. Which is, like, what? What is Luan? It's basically, like, really thin and flexible plywood. Cool. All right, let's move up to the ceiling. We've got these panel things. I can pull it off. And it'll make a satisfying noise if you put it back on. Yeah. So what's that? And why is that? We watched a lot of videos and tutorials and read a lot of things online about how to insulate your van. And a lot of things, a lot of people do a full ceiling, like a permanent ceiling with insulation. And a lot of other videos basic and tutorials and stuff said, basically, if you do that, you're almost certainly going to get mold because Mm -hmm. you're in a van and you're breathing. And even if you have, you know, some things for airflow, there's still going to be, you know, moisture issues. We did encounter one video of a person who had kind of panels like these, but they're not quite constructed the way that you had, and they did have fabric over it. But you did something unusual and for a specific reason. So what? how do these work? Yeah, so we did watch one video of someone that had the same one-inch foam insulation with fabric covering it, but then that 
those panels were permanently like glued to the ceiling. Right, but so what what removable. causes this noise? Well, one of them fell. But what cause? <laughs> As I put knocked down everything, I also knocked down the light, which you can explain what that is before we get to the back to the panel. Uh, so the lights in this van, I didn't want to run wiring because I trust myself to build wooden furniture that won't kill us if it breaks, but I do not trust myself to run wiring that won't kill us if it breaks. So these are pu- just like little tiny puck lights that just have batteries in them. Which... They have batteries in them and they have ceramic magnet tiles. So 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 now we can get back to the, the tile tile that's holding this, this thing in like this. I'm going to make the noise insul- one more time. Right, the insulation tile that Morgan made, custom shaped to this thing, which also has that pink foam in it. And what's it wrapped with? So I basically made slip covers out of fabric, and I sewed in the more of the same ceramic magnet tiles mm-hmm. into each of these slip covers. So that way, after we get back from a trip, we can take all the panels down, like wash the ceiling down maybe with some vinegar or something to make sure that there's no mold and we can wash the slip covers that are covering the panels to make sure that there's no mold on the fabric and then we don't have to worry about long-term buildup. So why is there such a risk of mold for the thing that's above you? Because that's the direction that the warm air rises. Right so when if you breathe in a mirror you notice it fogs up right there's a lot of moisture in your breath and the night that I spilled the water bottle, there was the whole ceiling was soaking. But even not on those types of nights, even when we're in here right now, there's already right now there's actually a, a fairly a fair a very moist. It's kind of like the edge of a glass, like amount of water that's on this ceiling right now, just from us sitting in here for not that long, honestly. Yeah. And so basically, this means that we can actually just pull it off, wipe it down, et cetera, et cetera, and, and carry on our way. And that's. Oftentimes when people build vans, otherwise they're, they're, you, you have to just tear off the entire ceiling and deal with that. Yeah. Yep. The other thing on the ceiling that I didn't put in, but is important specifically related to this topic. Don't do it. It makes a bad noise on the recording. Does it? Wait, I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, Let's find do out. it anyway. What's it? What am I doing? So that is a ceiling vent. That was already in the van, and it's, uh, so someone else cut a hole in the ceiling. I didn't have to do that. It's a manual ceiling vent. That I, I turn this thing, and it makes this terrible noise. Right? Okay, it's closed again. So terrible noise over, and it basically just kind of, like, props it up, props it down, and it's just very basic. So, yeah, there are other things that you can do. There are special vent fans that you can put in so that they draw air out or draw air in, depending on what you're looking for. We don't have that. So what we did instead is I ordered a bunch of tiny little fans, and um, we have three of them that we can put around the van. So one that clips onto the ceiling and goes directly underneath the vent so it can blow the air up and move the air out of the van. They're like the tiny desk fans that you can get. Yeah, we have one that we put at the back of the van so that we have airflow going through, and Mm -hmm. then one that blows directly at Christine's face. Because I get hot at night sometimes. Anyway, so uh, that that provides enough enough circulation. So that almost covers the burrito of the van, but what's, what's this thing that I'm pointing at? 
So we took down, for the most part, the metal kind of cage barrier. <laughs> we had to. <laughs> Do we want to tell that story? We haven't told that story yet. Oh, yes. Episode. When we first bought this van, we could have died. We had we had kind of a like horror movie moment. So we got in the van. We were like, we bought this van. Let's do a thing where we find out whether or not we're actually happy with this thing we've bought. Well, um, and I think it was a little more optimistic than that, too. It was like, let's sit in the back of the van and think about all the possibilities of what we can do with it. We get in the van. We sit in it for about 10 minutes and we, feel yeah, pretty we, happy. Yeah, we spend about 10 minutes happy with our purchase and looking forward to all of the things that I can do with it. And then we're like, time to leave the van. And guess what? We could not open the doors. Yeah, which was weird because if you look from the inside, the van has it has manual, manual doors with manual handles that you should uh, be able to open. And locks that you can lock and unlock from the inside. So, you, like, theoretically, you should. So, look, the child safety locks. Which there are on cargo vans for some why? reason. Why would you have a scary cargo van, like have a child safety lock to lock the children in and then it somehow was broken when we bought this van so that it could not be opened from the inside it was jammed in place we had to bring it to a mechanic to fix it so for whatever reason we were locked into the back here and oh you would think you could just go through the front because there was a door on there yeah it had the, the standard kind of cage on on there so that there was like two stationary pieces behind each of the seats and then a door in between but then no somebody bolted that shut apparently to keep in the shut. children in their van so we were bolted in and locked into the back of a van thankfully Someone did uh, one. Uh, we finally reached a friend who was able to come and open up the back of the thing. They thought it was like a crime scene on a TV show, but that's that story. So anyway, that's gone now. So what? that we never get locked in the back of the van again. That's right. And so what's here instead? So instead, when you're camping in the van, you typically don't want people to look in. So I put in a curtain, which is held up on a dowel rod. And this this van runs on dowels. Yeah, we have lots of dowels in here. And the curtain is just a black flannel on one side so that it if you look in from the windshield at night, it's going to look inconspicuous. And then on the inside of the van, it's got a pretty fabric that matches the ceiling panels because it feels less claustrophobic in here if you've got pretty fabric. And what's on the windows? The windows have the same Reflectix bubble wrap reflective insulation that we used on the floor, just cut to the shape of each window. And in the first iteration, I just put Velcro on the windows and on the panels so that they could be removed so that we can still see out of the windows when we're driving, but people can't see in the van when we're sleeping in it. That wasn't quite enough, so you added more magnets, right? Yeah, so what I ended up doing, also just having the reflective uh, surfaces from the inside of the van, it really felt like we were sleeping in like a popcorn container or something like that. It was not entirely pleasant. So I used the same fabric that's on the ceiling panels and on the curtain, and I cut it out and used some quilt edging to sew it around and it looks pretty now and then put little channels for more of those ceramic magnets 
Cool. Which is what holds it up. Yeah. So there are Velcro and magnets. That's the point. Uh, so that's it for the whole exterior then. Mm-hmm. So now let's go on to furniture. And I am looking at, since we were just talking about the walls, what am I looking at? What's facing in the direction of where my face is pointing right now? There is a shelving unit, and I used the shelves that were in the van to begin with as a template again for that. We didn't want to. Metal, they were they were very clanky metal shelves. They were clanky them. metal utility shelves that like had sharp edges and would not be good. Not safe. Those are removed. We have, uh, and so Morgan made a custom wood, custom furniture. Effectively, it's custom yeah. wood furniture. It looks pretty because you and Tulja stained it like a dark purple, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's the it's it's also very practical. And how what's what did you do to be able to make sure that this could be economically hold things, but also keep them in place? So this is another thing that went through iterations. Initially, I just used cargo netting, but it became clear very quickly on our first trip that the cargo netting itself stretches. So things were still falling off the shelves whenever we took like a sharp turn or something like that. Mm -hmm. So then I added this dowel rod system where basically I've got... I said everything runs on dowel rods. Yeah. So basically I put some kind of D-ring hardware on each side at like each of the shelf levels and... They're just giant dowels that are running across to hold things in. Yep. And, and there's also one more thing, which is this giant belt buckle on here. Yeah, so there, the last thing that I added was actually a cargo strap. And that was honestly not to hold things in. That was to hold the whole shelf up. Because initially, I used the shelving brackets that came with the initial shelves that the van had. But for the first trip, we didn't have the walls up or the insulation in the walls. So the shelf was able to go further back. And once I put the walls up, the shelf couldn't go as far back, and then the brackets were at the wrong angle. So Uh, then the cargo strap holds the top of the unit against the wall so that it doesn't lean. Right. It's also bolted to the floor. Also, you bought containers that are actually... You built this thing for the shape... You bought the containers and also made the size of the holes to fit each other, right? So that everything that's going into these containers are basically these little... They're these little bins that are exactly made for the right size. Yeah, and on this trip, we only used two of the bins that are the exact same size, but it's versatile because we knew that we weren't going to be sleeping in the van the whole time this time. So we also had some smaller bags that we brought that would be easier to bring into either families' houses or hotel rooms. So, the thing that I'm sitting on, what's this? This is both somehow the thing that we sit on and the thing we sleep in. How is this magic performed? So I basically built a futon that is slatted, so when it is pushed in, it is about half the width between the shelving unit and the other wall, and when it's pulled out, it goes to the shelving unit. We've got two four-inch thick memory foam mattresses that, when we lay them out and the bed is pulled out, it is just a couple inches shy of a full-size mattress. Mm-hmm. So it's comfortable for two grown adults to sleep in. Mm-hmm. But when it's sitting up, though, one of them's just laid against here, so it makes a couch, basically. Yes. Right. And also has space to put, you know, stuff underneath, storage yep. for luggage and stuff. All right. So we're getting close to the end. Um, oh, actually, attached to this, 
piece of furniture, we'll note that we have a two safety things. What are those? So yeah, attached to the shelving unit, we've got our safety things, which is a combined carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, and smoke detector, because all of those are things that can kill you if you're sleeping in a van and don't realize that there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And and then the other one is a fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. We also have a first aid kit that's in one of the cubbies of the shelving unit. Mm-hmm. On the floor over there, we've got a basically a, a, a large portable battery, right? Yeah. As I said, I didn't trust myself to run any electrical because that is not a skill that I have, although I'm sure any makers who are in our listener base could probably do a better job than I could. So it's a Jackery, which are just basically large portable things. I'm sure they have software in there, but again, encapsulated. So free software people don't need to think about it, right? Yeah, so it's just basically a deep cell battery that is inside an encasing that already has outlets and USB ports and things like that. Right. So then we have, for water, we have just basically a giant jug, like a giant container. That has a spigot at the bottom, so we can, you know, use that as a water source. But it's basically just like a, basically a giant, like, industrial jug that you can pick up and put down, basically, and and refill. And it's just made out of plastic and pretty basic. And I had these very intricate plans on how to build a kitchen. Now that we've done three trips in this van, I'm actually not sure if I'm going to build the kitchen because I don't know if we need it. Well, now we get to the part where I finally made a contribution. And that's, first tell me, uh, tell me what the, the kitchen furniture is, the very basic thing that you put in. So the basic thing, before our first trip, I had like one day left and I was still thinking I was going to build a kitchen, which was unrealistic of me. And Christine said, just go out and buy something. So I went out and bought the cheap kind of plastic three drawer it's the things you put office supplies in and and folders yeah art supplies things like that so it's just a a three drawer chest thing and then you just drill holes right in front of each one of the shelves that basically go from top to bottom you put one more dowel through that and it just holds them all shut yeah so that means that if we take a sharp turn the drawers don't come out right now this is my one my my one significant contribution to the van we have meals, basically vegetarian MREs, meals ready to eat, that I made. I'm a fan of dehydrating things. So I made basically, they're basically like backpacking meals. And so we have chili, chili mac, you know, a chana masala, mac and cheese. We've got, we at one point I made a shepherd's pie. Um, there's also, you know, uh, chickpea curry and stuff like that. And you basically... You've done various pottages and like breakfast gruel kind of things. Yeah. And you we basically have... Not everybody knows gruel are great. Gruels are are amazing, and in fact, not just a thing. In the post-Dickensian world, we look down on gruels. Prior to that, not necessarily. Anyway, that's an aside. This is my one contribution. Basically, the nice thing is is that we can just use a you know an electric hot water source to heat up some hot water, pour them into a thermos with the powdered meal thing, you know, dehydrated powder and you know whatever else you know, like the dehydrated vegetables and stuff, and you leave it there for 15 minutes and you come back and it's like a meal that like somebody made for you at home. So if you're driving on a road trip, we can heat up the water. We have a portable kettle that we can plug in to heat up water. You can heat that up, pour in your lunch into the thermos before you leave for the morning. And then when you decide to stop, your lunch is ready. 
So finally, you've eaten things, you've drunk things, and we need to get to the other end of things. So before we get there, we'll say, in general, what we do is we use the facilities of some some sort of truck stop or gas station, gas station or relatives' house, houses, yeah, whatever. We prefer other mechanisms, but it's the middle of the night. You have to use something. We have options. So when there's an emergency, you need it. So I built a toilet. If you do not care to listen to this, you can skip, skip ahead, ahead probably about 30 seconds. It ended up being about a minute and 15 seconds if you want to jump ahead. So basically, there's a bucket inside a wooden enclosure. We don't just poop in the bucket. That would be gross. We got basically larger size versions of the compostable bags that people use for dog poop. They do make these for human beings. How you feel about it is up to you. We don't use this often. So those clip into the inside of the toilet, uh, and you can use that. Now, I don't have the kind of aim to just pee into a bottle, so I also got a little, like, top hat collector, the kind of things that they use in hospitals to measure liquid outputs that I can just put in top of the toilet and then just transfer that, that to in. a bo- into a bottle. Mm-hmm. And then we can dispose of that and you can transfer that somewhere else where we can dispose of those things more, more appropriately. Yep. So, look, it's gross. We love to talk about inputs. We don't like to talk about outputs when it comes to bodies. But, you know, there it is. Everybody has to do it. So um, we've covered it. Also, on this trip, it's the first time I used a truck stop shower. And I have to say, it was actually a much better experience than I was expecting. Yeah. Otherwise, else we, you know, go wherever we, like, there, whenever we end up at our location, we end up doing things. Or, in an emergency, maybe I shouldn't be admitting to this. Can use... The wipe shower and a sponge bath, basically. Yep. You know what? I think it's okay to admit that. Yep. Sponge baths are, are uh, sponge baths can be pretty nice. You can get pretty. You can get a lot done with that. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we've covered all the basics. That gives us enough where we basically this thing is basically a portable hotel. Oh, and we should also talk about there is an accessibility reason. Actually, a couple of accessibility reasons why this uh, this van was also appealing. Tell us about why those are, Morian. So in addition just to the fact that it is the safest way we could think to travel long distances during a pandemic, I've also, if you've listened to the show, probably you've probably heard this, but I've also fairly recently developed an allergy to all synthetics fabrics, so it's a contact skin allergy, and that means that I've had several experiences where we paid lots of money for a hotel room for an evening and I couldn't sleep because it felt like my skin was burning because I was allergic to all of the bedding. Mm-hmm. This way we have a portable hotel room that I control all of the fabrics in so I know that I'm not allergic to anything. Mm-hmm. And also, despite this being a very practical build, it's actually very pretty. Morian did a very nice job. Aesthetically, it looks practical, but it also looks nice. Morian did a great job. Thank you. And I don't know, it's, here's the other reason for doing it, right? Lots of people buy red midlife crisis mobiles that are very sporty and unnecessary and stuff like that. We bought a very practical used cargo van and, and you, you used it for the same purpose, effectively. Yeah, so basically I finished my dissertation and then suddenly I'm not a student anymore for like 
the first time since I was, what, like five? Realistically, with the exception of, like, you know, a small gap between my bachelor's and my master's. And I didn't know what to do with my life, and I started looking for a job and didn't find one right away. So this van was my depression project. Um, (laughs) Basically... I I did most of the work on this van in September of 2021, and then a little bit of work in November 2021, and, like, smaller amounts since then, but it gave me a thing that I could do that was productive when I was unemployed, Mm -hmm. and it was also creative and gave me problems to solve. And it meant that we can, if we want to go on a little trip, you know, like, just a weekend getaway... We don't even have to book anything. You yeah. just find a place that's like, you know, some sort of nice park and we can just go there. Yep. So I hope people enjoyed the somewhat self-indulgent. It definitely, look, it managed to hit Foss and Crafts. Crafts, because Morgan crafted all this stuff in the van and did an amazing job. It's so Thank cool. You. Just listen to these clicks. Ah, oh, so nice. So satisfying. And, and... It's very fussy because of the way that we avoided proprietary software. Yeah. We're just not having it in our lives. And also in the way that you buy a giant, uh, you buy some hardware and then you have to do all that work. Yeah. It, there are definitely ways you could make this a lot more makery, but I mostly stuck to the craft side. I mean, makery side often. Is crafty, right? I the makery that... side is crafty. I'm thinking more of like if I were to do a custom electrical or something like that. You but... know, I think the make. I remember there was the the make magazine, and then they had craft magazine. I was kind of like, this is kind of a silly distinction. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a topic for a future episode. I think actually, we maybe. Ooh, making versus crafting. Is there a difference? Is it possible to establish a difference without being gatekeepery? Mm, that's an interesting thought. But I think we're at the end of the episode. And so for now, we bid you adieu. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Foss and Crafts is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. It's hosted by Morgan Lemmerweber and Christine Lemmerweber. The intro music is composed by Christine Lemmerweber, meaning myself, in Milky Tracker, and is released under the same license as the show. The outro music is Enchanted Tiki 86, composed by Alex Smith of The Cynic Project, and is waved into the public domain under CC0 1.0. See cynicmusic.com for more information. You can get in contact with us on the Fediverse, Foss and Crafts, at octodon.social, on Twitter as at Foss and Crafts, or you can email us, podcast at fossandcrafts.org. We also have a chat room. Join our community on hash fossandcrafts on irc.libera.chat. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate at patreon.com forward slash fossandcrafts. That's it for this week. Until next time, stay free. And stay crafty. This is actually the first time in our, I'm not even going to say how long, but way too long of a relationship um, that we've had. Well, no, not too long. It's just like, (laughs) hey, well, 
let me correct myself. It's not that our relationship has been too long. It's that it is admitting how how old I am. I just my birthday was very recent, very much so on my mind. Anyway, we have been in a relationship for a long time. So, um, the, the 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 look. The more important thing here is that um, what was the important thing? I have no clue where you were going with this. Look, I'm sure it was somewhere great. A very basic hole is what I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> maybe I should redo that one. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe. 